Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn with me to Mark chapter 16. <clears throat> Mark chapter 16. And when you get there, you may stand with me for the reading of God's Word together. Mark chapter 16. And we're going to audibly read together uh, verses 14 through to verse 20. So once you're there, if you please stand for the reading of God's Word. Mark chapter 16 and verse 14. Let's all read together. Afterward, we appear on the Jehovah, and we sat at meat, and we all believed that hardness is hard, because they believed not there to see him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth that is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word, the signs following. Amen. Father, this morning, we thank you for the liberty that we have to read and to proclaim the precious truth. Lord, we pray this morning for your help, for your anointing, for the Holy Ghost to come, Lord, upon your word and quicken it, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would anoint us both to preach and to hear your word. We ask, Lord, for great help this morning. Lord, we pray that Jesus would be glorified. Lord, we pray this morning you'd speak in the hearts. Lord, we ask for the anointing, Lord, even anoint our eyes afresh to see, Lord. Lord, give us ears to hear. Give us faith, Lord, to, to rise in our heart, Lord, to lay hold of your word. Lord, may there be much fruit, Lord, from this time around your word. Oh God, we pray for the preaching of the gospel throughout this land today. Lord, wherever it is proclaimed, that you would anoint it, that you would fill your servants with the Holy Ghost. Lord, we pray for this land again. Oh God, we ask for mercy. Lord, we pray for mercy. Oh God, we cry out for the mercy of God for this nation. Lord, we just ask, oh God, Lord, in everything that we say and do, Lord, that you be glorified in your name will be lifted up. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I'm going to speak um, this morning and the next two Sunday mornings, God willing, the Lord tarries on God's divine mandate, God's divine mandate, and this first part this morning, we're going to look at the Lamb of God. Next Sunday morning, we will look at the Holy Spirit. And then the third uh, Sunday morning, if the Lord tarries, we'll look at the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is an eternal divine mandate. The word mandate is simply the commission or the act of carrying out that commission 
or the nine out of firm. We're going to look at this morning the lamb. And the Lord, pray the Lord will help us as we turn to the scriptures this morning. This divine commission, this eternal commission unfolding before us even in the present time and involves the Lamb and the Holy Ghost and the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you turn over to John chapter 1 and verse 29, John the Baptist was about to introduce to the world, to those that stood around him, but it was a, a revelation to humanity when he stood that day at the banks of the Jordan and a man called Jesus of Nazareth came and in John chapter 1 and verse 29 John said these words Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Here he was introducing to us the eternal mandate of God the Lamb, simply revealing to us this Christ, what He has always been in the eternal, <coughs> excuse me, in the eternal thought of God and the eternal purpose of God, that the eternal Son is the Lamb of God. In the Old Testament, we see through the stories and the accounts, the prophetic revelation that was being presented to us of this lamb. We remember in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 8, when Abraham and Isaac were going to that place that the Lord had shown, whereby he would sacrifice Isaac, we hear the words of Abraham speaking to his son, and he says, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. We see it in amongst the children of Israel, on that great night where they were instructed that they were to take every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers. There was a lamb for a house. These were all shadows and types of the fullness of the revelation of the eternal purpose of God in Christ that he is the lamb of God. Humanity was held in wanting for the, and in waiting for the revelation of this lamb. And when John simply said, behold, that word behold means lo or see. It is an interjection to note a surprise. Here he is. This is what humanity has been longing for. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what all of creation has been groaning for. This man, behold this man, he is the Lamb of God. See him, look to him. Here is the answer to every human heart on this globe this morning. Yeah. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the Lamb of God. When you turn over and I'd ask you to in the Revelation, the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 1. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 1. And verse 1. We read here, it says, It is the revelation, the book of Revelation, it is the revelation of 
Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants the things which must come shortly to pass, and he sent and signified by his angel and unto his servant John. This book of the Revelation, but the entire book from Genesis through the Revelation, <clears throat> the word revelation means the apocalypsis, is the manifestation or the appearing or the coming or the revelation of a man called Jesus Christ. This whole book is about a man called Jesus. It is a revelation of this land. And throughout the whole book of Revelation, you will note that the predominant picture that is presented to us is that of one as a lamb. Look over into Revelation chapter 5. John is weeping. There is no one found worthy to open the book. And in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 4, it says that John wept much because there's no man found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. But one of the elders said unto John, Weep not, weep not, John. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. That word prevails means to conquer, means to overcome, means to get the victory. That lamb has overcome to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, what, do, what does it say? Stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits, of God sent forth into all the world. The lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. The revelation, the appearing, the manifestation of this book is all about a man called Jesus, the Lamb of God. Look on down in verse 8. We see as the Lamb is revealed that the four beasts and the four and twenty elders, what did they do? They fell down before the Lamb. It tells us in verse 12 that there's a, that there's a great loud voice that says, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. It was all a revelation of the Lamb of God. If you turn over into Revelation chapter 6, then you see this, the sovereignty of the Lamb and the authority as he opens the seals. Revelation 6 and 1, it says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, there is one that's worthy, there's one that's in control, there's one that's sovereign over the kingdoms of men, there's one that's over all the affairs of the kingdoms of this world, and that is the Lamb of God. In Revelation chapter 7, it shows us here a great multitude, a multitude, John sees a great multitude, verse 9, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues. And they stood before the throne. And where did they stand? They stood before the Lamb. 
and they were clothed with white robes, palms in their hands, and they cried with a loud voice, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne, and unto who? The Lamb of God. It's the Lamb, friends. In Revelation chapter 12, turn over and verse 11, this is what it says. As that dragon comes down, and the fury of hell is upon this earth, but the Bible says that they, that's you, and that's me, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. Thank God that we overcome through the blood of the precious Lamb. In Revelation chapter 13, and this is important for every person and every soul that's in this room this morning, because the Bible says, that there is a book of life, and it's the book of life of the Lamb. Revelation 13 and 8. Are you glad this morning that your name's in the Lamb's book of life? Yeah. Praise God this morning. That's the only thing that matters in this world this morning. That your name is written, and I believe it's written with the blood of Jesus Christ. That it's written in the Lamb's book of life. Is your name in the Lamb's book of life, friend? In Revelation chapter 17, we see here a chapter that deals with the heart of church. We see here the powers of hell, the feast. We see here a picture of the days, I believe, that we're living in. We see a great warfare. There's a warfare that we're in as the church of Jesus Christ. Saints, we're in a warfare. We're in a battle this morning. Thank God we're in the battle. But it tells us here in Revelation 17 and 14 that the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords. He's the King of kings. And they that are with him. Are you glad to be with the Lamb this morning? And they that are with him are called and chosen and they're faithful. Praise the Lord, the Lamb has overcome. Thank God this morning, He's the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. And they that are with Him are called, chosen, and they're faithful. In Revelation 19, it tells us here of the marriage of the Lamb has come. It says in verse 6 that there was the voice of a great multitude. There was the voice of many waters. There was the voice of mighty thunderings saying, Hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife have made herself ready. Are you ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb? It's all about the Lamb. In Revelation chapter 21, we see there a temple. Sorry, we see here in verse 22 that there is no temple. But it says these words, Revelation 21 and 22, it says these words, For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city, listen to this, friends, and the city had no need of sun, neither of the moon to shine, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb, mm -hmm. and the Lamb, listen, is the light thereof. 
the lambs the light thereof, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and their honor into it. Thank God, friends, that's the place we're going to. That's the glory that we'll bask in forever. In Revelation chapter 22, in the closing out of this great book, it says these words, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Are you thankful that river still flows? In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, the bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse, glory to God, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, neither, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and forever. Praise God this morning. This whole book is about the Lamb. When John said, Behold the Lamb of God. I want you to see the Lamb this morning. The manifestation, the revelation, the divine order and mandate and eternal purpose of God in Christ Jesus, that God would send into this earth his Son, his only begotten Son, as the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. It's a revelation of the Lamb. It's a manifestation, not only a revelation, but it's also a manifestation of the Lamb. Listen carefully. There is a divine authority, there is a divine order, and there is a divine plan, and there is an action required for it to be fulfilled. Thank God that Jesus left the splendor of heaven and came down into this sin-cursed world. This, These three words I want you to get this morning. There's a manifestation of the Lamb. There's a revelation, sorry, of the Lamb, but there's a manifestation of the work that he does. Behold the Lamb of God that, what, taketh away the sins of the world. I'm so thankful that he's taken my sins away. I'm thankful, and it's going to go a wee bit deeper with this this morning. Not only has he removed them through the precious blood, but he removes the effects of sin in a life. He removes and takes away not just the sin, but the penalty of that sin. He takes away not only the acts of sin. For example, he's taken my sin, the things that I used to do, the things that I did when I was unsaved, the life that I lived, the drunkenness, the hatred, the bitterness, the lying, the thieving, and all the immorality. 
Thank God this morning he's taken my sin away. The Lamb has taken my sin away. Thank God my sins which were many, he remembers them no more. Thank God that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ washes me and cleanses me from all sin. Thank God this morning for the revelation of the Lamb of God, but the manifestation or the efficacy of the power of his blood to wash me white and snow. He taketh away the sins of the word. You know these words, he taketh away. It means to lift up. It means to loose. It means to remove. It means to take up or away. That sin in the Greek, it simply means in our everyday language, is to miss the mark. We didn't make the mark. We're all born sinners without hope and without Christ, and not one of us meet the mark. But thank God there is one that met the mark on our behalf, and his name is Jesus. Not uh, There isn't a person in this room no matter how many times you go to church, no matter how you look, no matter how many verses in the Bible you can quote, no matter how long you pray, you'll never meet the mark. There's only one that can meet the mark, and that's the Lamb of God. We missed the mark. So there was a revelation of God's divine eternal purpose and a man called Jesus, the eternal Son of God, would come into this world, be born of a virgin, live a sinless and a spotless life, and go to an old rugged cross 2,000 years ago, and he would hang on that cross, he would shed his blood, and he did it all for you and for me. We've missed the mark. No matter how religious you are, no matter what denomination you are, no matter how many books you've read and how many doctrines you know, we miss the mark. We miss the mark. We don't reach his standard. He is holy. But he sent his son into this world for men and women that can say, God, I missed the mark. God, I didn't make it. I've messed up. I'm a wretched sinner without hope. I'm without Christ. And thank God there's an answer. And that's the Lamb. You see, everything that God does and everything that He that He will do, it's good. If you go back to Genesis chapter one for a moment, Genesis chapter one in that great chapter of creation, six literal days God created the heavens and the earth and everything that is within it. Would you say amen if you believe that? Because we believe it. In Genesis 1 and 4, when he saw the light, what did God say? He says that it was good. That's what God did. It was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Look at verse 10. God called the dry land earth. The gathering together of the waters called he the seas. And God saw, what did he saw? He saw that it was good. Look at verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass. And herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And what does it say? And God saw that it was good. Look at verse 18, the two great lights. 
says that he gave those tribute lights to rule over the day and over the night to divide the light from the darkness. What does it say? God saw that it was, what was it? It was good. Look at verse 21. God created the great whales, every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, every winged fowl after his kind. And what did he say? And God saw what? That it was good. Look at verse 25. God made the beast of the earth after his kind, the cattle after their kind, everything that was creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And what did he say? And God saw what? That it was good. And in verse 31, God saw everything that was made. And then what does he say? And behold, he said it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. The Bible tells me in Colossians 1 and 16, For by him, that's Jesus, were all things created that are in the heaven, that are in the earth, that are visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities and powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He made everything, and it was good. And at the end of it all, after the sixth day, he said, it's very good. Everything that God does is good. Actually, friends, it's very good. But chapter 3 opens in the book of Genesis. In verse 6 we see woman. We see Eve. After the deception in the garden, she reaches forth her hand onto a tree that they've been told that they were not to take off. We see her hand reach out. And as she picked that forbidden fruit from the tree and gave it to her husband, Everything that was good would be forever marred and stained by sin. The very earth would be cursed. Sin not only cursed the earth, but it entered into the very heart of humanity. Sin, sin entered into humanity. Everything that was good was now marred by the rebellion of man's heart. Especially that of that which is the jewel and the crown of his creation, man himself. Everything was marred. Everything was plunged. We sang it this morning into the depths of sin and darkness. Without hope, sin entered and death and the consequences of sin and humanity was not only sin but the, all the effects of sin. We are putting a burger alarm on our building tomorrow. Why? Because of the effects of that moment when Eve put her hand on that forbidden fruit. We have alarms on our cars. We have, we lock our doors. We, we watch where we go. We're careful with our children. Why? Because man has plummeted into the depths of sin and rebellion. Everything that has been good has now become evil. In the last days, it tells us that men will call that which is good evil, and they'll call that which is evil good. There'll be a twist in the final moments of time. We are seeing the depths of sin and wickedness increase beyond what we have ever imagined could be possible. 
great day and our great hour. We're seeing it on the streets of Belfast. We're seeing the depths of sin that people would plunge to. But friends, listen very carefully. There was a divine purpose and an eternal plan that God had. There was a lamb that would come. And that lamb would take away the sins and the effects of sins of humanity. And I'm thankful that I can look at this this morning very clear. And I'm thankful that I can remember and think of the sins that I once committed and know by faith and of assurance this morning that I'm forgiven for the acts of my sins. The things that I committed, I'm washed in the blood. I'm free this morning. But I want to tell you, friends, we need to broaden this out for the manifestation of the Lamb. Because today, more than ever, we need to see the reality of really what this means. That this Lamb's come to take away the sins of the world. It's not just the things that you did, but it's the effects of that sin. Have you turned over with me to Isaiah chapter 53 this morning? The fifth gospel, Isaiah the prophet, several hundred years before the Lamb appeared, it's like Isaiah had a full revelation of the Lamb, the manifestation of the Lamb, and the function or the things that the Lamb would do. Look at verse 4, Isaiah 53, and verse 4. This is what it says. Surely... Think about it, this is before Christ and John pointed the finger that day and says, Behold the Lamb! Here several hundred years previous he said, Surely, surely, he hath borne, that word means lifted, our griefs. Think for a moment, listen friend this morning, Surely this Lamb hath borne our griefs. You know what the word griefs mean? It means anxiety or calamities. We're going to broaden this sin out this morning. Surely, surely, for your anxiety, for your calamities, we hear a world that's filled with anxiety, panic attacks, not knowing who to turn to. The tablets don't work. The doctors have no answer. The anxiety, the fear, and the panic attacks, there's an answer. It's the Lamb. He's lifted. He's born. Our panic attacks, our anxiety, he bore it all. He carried our sorrows. That word sorrows means grief, a pain, an affliction. There's an answer. It's the Lamb. He carried our sorrows. Thank God he's carried our sorrows this morning. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God. And afflicted, verse 5 says, but he was, what was he? Think about this word. Think about it, friend. But he was wounded. The lamb was wounded. The lamb was wounded. Think about it, friend. He was wounded. He was slain. What for? For our transgressions. That means rebellion, our sins, and our trespasses. He was wounded. The sinless. The spotless Lamb of God was wounded for you and wounded for me. He was bruised. Do you know what that word bruised means? Listen carefully. He was bruised. That means he was beat to pieces. 
That's what it means. He, this lamb, when John said, Behold the lamb, behold the lamb, look and see the lamb. He was bruised. He was bruised. He would beat the pieces for our iniquities. You know what that word means? Our perversity. He was beat to pieces for our perversity. The chastisement, the correction that we should have received of our peace. Know where it was? It was put on him. And the Bible says, and with his stripes, and when they led him over that rock, and when they plowed his back, with, with those whips across that rock and his back was like a plied field. The Bible says, and with his stripes, with his stripes, listen, with his stripes, behold the lamb. We are healed. That word means to cure, to heal, to make us whole spiritually, physically, emotionally, and mentally. Thank God there's a lamb. It's not just there's a lamb, but it's the manifestation and the fullness of what he accomplished on that central cross 2,000 years ago when God's lamb was laid down on the altar. When he was born, when he bore and carried and stricken and smitten and afflicted and wounded and bruised and chastised and wept, he did it all for you and all for me. The divine order and eternal purpose of God. There was an authority given to him and the act was within his power to do it as a man, the last Adam. The Lamb has come to take away the sin, the sin, the sickness, the calamities, the anxieties, the fears. Listen, friends, this morning there's a world that is running and find, trying to find an answer. Trying to find something in the bottom of a bottle or, or something that's prescribed to them. And they're trying to find an answer for the anxiety, the hopelessness, the emptiness, the torment of a mind. The world is tormented. Tormented. Not knowing where to turn or who to turn to. But there's a lamb this morning. That lamb is Jesus Christ. We sing the song, forever he will be the lamb upon the throne. God, and I can't fully grasp it all, and I don't have all the answers to it, but God eternally had a plan. And the Son was the fulfillment of that plan as God's lamb. I go a bit further, and may the Holy Spirit alone help us to grasp it. But in 1 Peter 1 and verse 18, it says these words. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I want you to listen to verse 20. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Help us take it in. 
poor. He did everything that was good. This God had an awesome plan. Before the foundation of the world, he was foreordained the eternal son that one day, what does it say in the rest of the verse, he would be manifest in these last times before the good. The manifestation of the Lamb of God in these last days that he would come into this world. Can I tell you, friend, this morning that he did not feel at any point he did not in any way feel, thank God this morning, that it was fully accomplished and the work was complete. In John chapter 17, it says these words, John 17. We can turn it over just for a moment. John 17. <clears throat> And verse 1, these words speak Jesus, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and this is what he said. Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Listen to these words. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast given me to do. I have finished the work that thou hast given me to do. I have glorified thee on earth. Listen to the words of Jesus. I have finished the work which thou givest me to do, and now, O Father, glorify thou me, listen to these words, with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Friends, when Jesus was led up Calvary's hill, with that cross upon his back, and when he was brought up to that hill, and there he hung and he died, no sins of Christ on the cross in John 19 and verse 30. And Jesus therefore has received the vinegar. He said, what did he say? It is, what is it? What was finished? The work that he'd been sent to do was finished. What was that? John said, behold the Lamb of God. What does he do? That taketh away the sin of the world. He did it. It's done. He bore our sorrows, our griefs that carried our sorrows. We yet did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But glory to God, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He finished the work. He said of himself, I have finished the work that thou hast given me to do. It is a finished 
work this morning. On the third day, Acts tells us in 10 and 38 that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost with power, went about doing good, healing all those that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. We are the witness of these things which God, which he both did in the land of the Jews in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. The Bible says this, Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but on the witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. He's alive. Listen this morning, friend. There's a lamb. And that lamb is Jesus Christ. He was manifested in these last days for you and for me. I'm thankful that he has taken my sins. I'm thankful this morning that I'm forgiven. And my name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. But I want to tell you, friends, sadly, we have limited the whole, the Holy One of Israel. I'm so thankful that I'm forgiven and I'm going to heaven. But let me tell you something, this Lamb came into this world and he not only defeated the powers of hell and darkness, but every effect of sin, every effect of sin and the torment of your mind and the sickness in your body. Friends, this morning and the tormented spirits that are troubling so many. And this young woman, Chantel Lamb, on the streets of Belfast, thank God there's a lamb this morning for her. He's able to set the prisoner free. He's able to open the prison doors. He's able to open those eyes that are blind. He can break every chain of sin. He can set the drug addict free. He can cleanse the prostitute. He can release the drunkard. Thank God there's a lamb this morning. He has appeared in these last times for me and for you. Thank God this morning, this is what the Bible says when we're reading, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, I love the ascension of Jesus. It's not preached a lot, but I love the thought of the ascension of the Lamb. I love, I know the second coming will be so much more wonderful, but I love the thought of the ascension, that the King of glory left the splendor of heaven. I can see the host of angels in wonder as God's divine purpose and plan began to unfold. We see him come down and born in a manger, in a filthy stable of a virgin. A babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And all of heaven look on and wonder and wonder at humanity. The jewel and the crown of his creation had turned from him, plummeted into the depths of hell and sin, aligned themselves with the devil himself. Sin entered in death. And yet there's a baby lying in a manger 2,000 years ago. And all of heaven wonder. All of heaven are looking upon him as he grows up as that young boy, sinless, spotless. Here he is coming up into his, into his later years. And then one day at the age of 30, as John is baptizing into Jordan, he turns around to the hosts that are around him and every heart in this room. And he says, Behold, look with surprise and awe. It's the Lamb of God. He's come to take away your sin. The world looked upon him. And the religious folk said, But this, this is 
This is him. This man. This is the illegitimate child of Mary and Joseph. They use a different word. This man. This man. This can't be the Christ. This can't be the Messiah. And he done no wonderful works among them because of their unbelief. The Lamb was in the midst. But they never seen him as the Lamb. They seen it as some religious service. That's what we're filled with today. We've lost the wonder and the glory and the power of the Lamb. He's come to take away the sins of the world, the power of sin, the effects of sin, sickness, disease. Thank God this morning there's a lamb. You think of him hung on that cross and as the heavens went black and our sin was placed upon the bleeding lamb. No, God, Nicky, to go over that we songs to sing sometimes, I have an interest in the bleeding lamb. Oh, I have an interest this morning. Have you got an interest in the bleeding lamb? I have an interest in the bleeding lamb. The lamb of Calvary. And there he hangs on that cross, wounded, smitten, beat to pieces. Friends, don't turn to Hollywood for a revelation of what he did. Ask the Holy Ghost to give you a revelation of the lamb on the cross. And there he hung and he died and he cried, it's finished. The work is complete. Three days later, the power of the Holy Ghost, the mandate of the Holy Spirit, rose this Christ up from the grave with a mighty shout and a triumph. He broke the chains of death. He rose triumphant over death and over sin. And thank God this morning, he's alive forevermore. But what did he do? He ascended up into heaven. Can you imagine it, friends? Listen, can you imagine it? Can you imagine the angels and the hosts of heaven? They're waiting. They're waiting for their king to return. Who is the king of glory? He's the Lord strong and he's mighty in battle. Can you see him as he enters into the throne room of heaven? That which he left to come into the world for you and for me. And now as he enters into glory, you can hear the host of heaven rejoicing and singing, Who is the King of glory? He's the Lamb that's overcome. The Bible tells us so often the Lord has spoken unto them. He was received up into heaven. And what it says, he sat down on the right hand of God. Who he's doing this morning, friends? He's seated. You know what that's a sign of? He's in control of everything. He's sovereign over our government. He's sovereign over the kingdoms of men. He's sovereign over all the powers of the Antichrist. He's sovereign over all the wicked powers of hell. And he's sovereign over you. And he's sovereign over me. He's suffering. He's suffering. Let me ask you this morning, friend, as we're closing, there's a lamb. And that lamb's name is Jesus. He has a name. His name is Jesus. It's not Mary. It's not Muhammad. It's not Buddha. It's not all the cults of this earth. His name is Jesus. And he's been manifested this morning 
Are you glad he's taken your sins? Oh, I tell you, friends, if my sins were on this screen this morning, I'd be out those two doors quicker than anyone could know. I'd be going up that street, but I thank God that my sins, which are many, have all been washed away. I tell you, so much more than that. He's so much more, he's so much more than a decision or your name put on a decision card. Oh, friends, this morning, so much more than attending church on a Sunday morning. So much more than getting the two meetings or three meetings a week. So much more, friends, than just putting our suits on on a Sunday morning so we're going to look the part. Listen, it doesn't really matter what way you come in. really doesn't. What matters is an encounter with the Lamb. Manifestation. If there's one part of your life that this Lamb can't change, and I want to tell you something, it wasn't a finished work. It wasn't a finished work. It was a finished work. It was a finished work. And the manifestation of the Lamb, whatever your need is in this house this morning, whatever it is, I'm here to tell your friends, not because I think it's a good idea, but I'm here to tell you the authority of God's word. He's finished the work. He's finished it. What do we need? We need the manifestation of the Lamb. How does that happen? By the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was mandated to bring everything of what he had accomplished and what to do. To reveal it into the heart of some poor sinner or some poor sick person that's saying, God, I need the Lamb to touch me today. Can I tell you something, friends? He's more than able. Oh, he's more than able. The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God has been manifested for you and for me. Friends, that's the answer. That's the answer to it all. Him and Him alone is a finished work. Are you glad it's finished? Are you glad it's finished? I want to meet the Lamb afresh this morning. I want to encounter the Lamb afresh this morning. I don't want it to be something of the past. Oh, it happened. Thank God we're going to hear for the testimony. It happened so many years ago. It happened for me in the ni- 1993 and the 12th of September. But I want to tell you something. That lands as real today as he was back then. Mm-hmm. So often we're talking about what the lamb has done, but it's years ago. Let me tell you something. What's he doing today? Yes. What's he doing now? Do you need the lamb? Anybody need the lamb? Anybody need the lamb? Yeah. Oh, we need the lamb. The manifestation of this Christ. Behold the lamb of God. What's he come to do? What was he commissioned to do? Here's what John said. He's come to take it away. He's come to take it away. Give it to him this morning. That's why he's come. Give him your worries. Give him your fears. Give him your anxiety. Give him your diseases. Give him it. Why? Because... Isaiah said, surely he died. You believe in this? Mm-hmm. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus.